0: welcome back to the daily poem here on the close streets podcast network i'm david Kern. today's poem is by a contemporary poet named scott cairns he's professor of english and director of the low residency mfa program at seattle pacific university i think i've read a poem or two of his on this podcast over the last year or so his poems have been in Image Journal and the Paris Review, New Republic, Poetry Magazine. He's got several anthologies of poetry and he has a new collection coming out here soon called Anaphora. I wanted to read a poem from that new collection. Cairns has been a pretty decorated poet. He's received a Guggenheim Fellowship back in 2006 and was winner of the Denise Levertov Award in 2014. This is a really great collection, this new one. I really encourage you to get it, uh, particularly if you like um, spiritually-minded poetry. He is one of our great contemporary poets, uh, I think. This poem is um, called Still Life with Low Cloud and Mist. And again, it's from his new collection, Anaphora. It goes like this. The cedar weep in our green cemetery where nothing moves this morning save the cedar's shimmering tears. The jays have also stilled their ruckus song, preferring for the moment silently to perch amid the cedar limbs, to blink here amidst the mist. One might think the earth itself has of late intuited good cause for contemplation. Such stillness proves in keeping with the heavy drowse of those beneath the green. My mother and my father sleep beneath one such ragged cedar, on days like this, we weep together with the cedars, having little left to say. This is, I suppose, uh, a melancholy poem. I mean, maybe there's no supposing. This is a melancholy poem. It's also a lovely poem, and I wanted to share it with you for that reason. There's a a long tradition in poetry, you know, particularly nature poetry, of nature representing or uh, being personified, I suppose, even. Um, some human emotion. And I often wonder, I think about this all the time, actually, when we are feeling some really deep, rich emotion, uh, whether it's a positive emotion, where, you know, maybe it's a deep love or affection or happiness, or it's a more negative emotion, um, or maybe a more negative experience, you know, uh, say hate or despair or or even just sadness, melancholy. You know how We'll be experiencing this emotion, and we'll look around in the world, and we'll see, you know, whether it's something in our yard—the birds, the trees. Maybe we'll be at a park, um, or we'll see the, the sky. You know, it, it'll look more gray to us if we're sad. It will look more bright to us, more blue to us if we're happy, or something like that. In filmmaking, there's something called the pathetic fallacy, where the the nature, the world, is operating naturally, you know, the natural world is operating in accordance with the emotion that we are supposed to feel as an audience. So think for example of Casablanca, there's this famous scene in Casablanca where Rick and Elsa are saying goodbye and a rainstorm starts. And that's, you know, representative of the emotions, both of the characters and the, we are meant to feel it's a tiny bit manipulative. Certainly I suppose, but um, you know, that's called the pathetic fallacy. But I've often wondered if, you know, do we see the world that way only because, of the way we're feeling and so we're bringing an emotion to the world that translates it into something or is it possible that in some sort of mystical way um it's not just that it's something inside of us but that the world is responding to us that we each can have unique sort of mystical sort of experiences sort of like there's something magical about that i'm not saying this is the way it is but i've often wondered what if that were the case could that be the case i mean it it couldn't you couldn't explain it there's nothing you know There's no explanation for that sort of thing. I think about it a little bit like when I was a kid and I would talk to someone about what they tasted when they ate something. So when I eat asparagus and my son eats asparagus, maybe I like it and he doesn't, but is the taste the same? Are we tasting the same thing, but one of us doesn't like that taste and one of us does? Or are we tasting things differently because we are unique people? You know, I have friends that are colorblind. For example, my grandfather was colorblind. It really impacts the way you see fall foliage, for example. So, is it like that, where I have a something that's very personal that's going on with me personally, where I can only see a certain thing, and the world is the same, or is it the world is responding to each of us? I think this is a poem that kind of contemplates that sort of thing, or at least. um operates in that realm. Um, I just find that fascinating to think about. You know, what if there is that sort of magic in the world? So, one more time, here is still life with low cloud and mist. Scott Cairns. The cedar weep in our green cemetery where nothing moves this morning save the cedar's shimmering tears. The jays have also stilled their ruckus song, preferring for the moment silently to perch amid the cedar limbs, to blink here amidst the mist. One might think the earth itself has of late intuited good cause for contemplation. Such stillness proves in keeping with the heavy drowse of those beneath the green. My mother and my father sleep beneath one such ragged cedar. On days like this we weep together with the cedars, having little left to say. This has been the Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.